Good morning, Sandy. Happy Monday. Good morning, Blake and Aaron. Hello, hello. How was the weekend? Oh, it was fantastic, actually. Lots of Good. birthdays this weekend, including my husband. Good morning, Sandy. Oh, nice. Happy Monday. Oh, okay, cool. And how old is he? Um, 41. 41. Oh. All right. Such a baby. And it, he, is baby. <laughs> he is a baby. He's getting um, My wife's birthday is this weekend. Oh, nice. Yeah, so well, a lot happy. of birthdays yesterday, actually. I was shocked. Yeah. So what happened? What do you got for us? Headlines. News, um, information. Sure. Did you play my intro music this morning? I totally didn't hear that just now. You did. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we have a situation with uh, Cuban nationals who have been ringing off my phone nonstop all weekend long, looking for a um, vessel of their loved ones that they are desperate to find out a bit more about in terms of where they are. So I saw that story. It was scary. And then you said they were picked up by the Coast Guard, which well, was good news. thing, Blake and Aaron, they actually have said that that is not them. There's another group. Oh, um, really? It's kind of weird. Yeah, but they have uh, they left a number of days ago from Cuba. They should have made the journey by now, at least in the Cayman Islands. And they haven't you know, been able to contact anyone on that vessel. Um, a number of them have sent me photos of the persons on board, like one guy has, you know, got his brother and others on the vessel. So it's supposed to be, um, they say seven women and three men, or seven men, sorry, and three women on board. Um, and they're just desperate to find them. So I can't tell them what I don't know, except there've been no reports locally of any other vessel being found at this time. So yeah, it is very scary. Mm. Uh, that's, you, you never want to hear that. Mm -mm. Yeah, so. You know, you, you're so desperate to, to to, to leave, uh, you know, where you're from and, and just, you know, you would put yourself in harm's way to make that journey. And you just, you want to make, you know, you want to see them make it. At least. Yeah, exactly. Not lose your, not lose their life. Yeah. So we hope they're okay. Yeah. So we continue to send positivity their way. Uh, but yes, the U.S. Coast Guard did pick up another vessel yesterday and rescued several that were um, off the coast of Key West, Florida. So remember that cruise ship situation? We had two cruise ships like twice uh, in the past uh, week and a half, two weeks. Um, well, the U.S. Marshals finally went in to the Crystal Bahamas. Cruises. Crystal Cruises. <laughs> yes. Aaron, you know about this? Now, was this the one that wouldn't pay their fuel? That's it. And then they... Yeah. And while you were out last week, Aaron, there was another of their ships that did the exact same thing, ran to the Bahamas. And then the passengers had to be ferried from the Bahamas. Well... U.S. Marshals went in and uh, took both of the Crystal Cruise ships in the Bahamas on Friday um, after the company had diverted there to try to avoid the vessels being seized. So both the Crystal Symphony and the Crystal Serenity were seized after a U.S. judge issued a warrant for their seizure. So um, I, got a, I got a tip for you. Don't book on Crystal Cruises ever, Yeah, no matter how cheap it is. <laughs> It's, it's a little bit unclear, reports have said, how they were able to do it in the Bahamas, which isn't subject to any sort of jurisdiction of the U.S. Marshal's office. Um, but I guess they'll figure out all the legalities uh, when the time comes. But, I mean, wouldn't you rather go to Cuba or something? It's not going to, I don't know. Yeah. So like, I mean, Bahamas isn't really running away and... I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they probably did it from the Bahamas because it was easier to offload passengers. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah. So. By the way, when are you going to turn your camera on? We can't see you this morning. Um, are, oh. Are you, yeah. are you fully closed or no? Is that why? Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, there yeah. you are. You know, during during COVID, everybody was fully clothed halfway. 
Right. And they've got shorts in the bottom or whatever. Yeah. But um, yes, yeah, so the Queen's, uh, Queen Elizabeth II's Jubilee events kicked off this weekend. Yesterday was the seven, 70th anniversary of her um, being uh, placed on the throne as Queen Elizabeth II. And um, it's been quite an amazing 70 years uh, by everyone's account. And so there were a couple of events that happened over the weekend. There was a dinner on Saturday evening that was sponsored by the Speaker of the House um, and the Governor's Office. And it was a black tie event at the Kington. And then yesterday there was a special sitting of the Parliament uh, yesterday afternoon where essentially all of the MPs just got an opportunity to give their best regards <clears throat> to Her Majesty and um, you know how they might have interacted. Like it was interesting to hear Kathy Wills, for example, say that when she was a little kid back in the, I think 1990s, when the queen made her second visit, she was one of the kids there, you know, being inspired um, by her Royal Highness. So 70 years uh, breaks all sorts of records, uh, both in the UK and worldwide. She's like, I think the oldest, um, the longest sitting, um, you know, monarch anywhere in the entire world. Like it's just been an amazing run. And she is 95 years old. And one of the interesting sh things she said in her um, speech over the weekend is that uh, she's basically, you know, looking forward to Camilla being the next queen of England. And so for a lot of people that may not have uh, sit well with them, I had a few people send me that story and they were like, no. Queen, queen consort. But, what, yeah, what, what that uh, I'm not sure what that means actually. <laughs> Well, I think it's because um, technically she's not the queen by lineage. Yeah. She's the queen because of marriage. Um, mm -hmm. I believe that that's what it is. Yeah. Um, and of so course, does that mean that, that mean that if Prince Charles were to pass away, that she would become the next queen? No. No, that would pass on to William. That would be it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Will Kate be a, a queen will consort? Kate be the queen. A queen consort is the wife of a reigning king. Yes. Or an empress consort, in the case of an emperor, a queen consort usually shares her spouse's social rank and status. Yeah. So then, what about like what was uh, he was always Prince Philip? He was never King Philip, King Con consort. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't understand all of this royalty yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. It, it was sort of explained <laughs> a little bit. Um, but it's it's they were saying it's the same reason why she never uses the title Princess of Wales, um, because of um, the yeah. So, so Queen Consort is just it, it's just a fancy yeah. name for a, a nice name for saying you're the spouse of a ruling king. Uh -huh. That's okay. what that means. Yeah. So she would not be come queen. You're right. It would it would go to to William. Yeah. But then will Kate be queen? No. Can we just Eventually, go back to King yeah. No, it would have to be it would have to be a sibling. Yeah, it's at some at yeah. some yeah, some day yeah. she will become the same thing, I guess. Queen yes, she would be yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we're we're clear now. Every, clear. Everyone's gonna call her queen, I suppose. Um, so you know, it was kind of interesting that she had to, you know, consult with the two uh, future heirs, which would be her son and grandson, about this decision. Because there's still people are still very very sensitive about you know the whole Princess Diana and uh, Camilla situation, but it looks like mm, by and large all these years later they've probably gotten over it a little bit. So um, you know people are wondering how much longer she's going to remain as queen or is she going to step down at some point. But seventy years, there you go. I mean it's it's impressive, and you know if if she's very like she seems like a lovely lady, 
So, yeah, yeah I think if she wasn't a lovely lady, people would probably be like, mm, whatever. But oh. she's been super nice for 70 years. I've liked her so far. I don't know about the whole Diana th- situation. Yeah. I haven't watched The Queen, so I don't know really too much. But just <laughs> so she, she could, just seems like a nice old she lady. Could, she could <laughs> step down, right, while yeah. she's still alive and just hand it over. Yeah. And you know yeah. what is so funny is she was never um, really going to, she, she wasn't born to be queen. Like she wasn't a direct um, heir to the throne. It was only because her uncle George decided to abdicate the, the, um, the crown, the throne because of love. Well, he thought he was in love at the time. I and guess. Did he go like marry an American or yes. something? And that is what then pushed yeah. her father um, into the position right. of king. And then, by descent made her next in line. So yeah. imagine her life could have been so incredibly different had her uncle made a different decision. Um, but anyway, she's she's definitely an amazing lady. She's seen lots of um, prime ministers and you know um, just world leaders all over the world um, come and go during her tenure. And yeah. she seems to be the glue that keeps everybody together, including the Commonwealth, which we are a part of. So yesterday was also uh, Barb Marley's birthday, along with tons of other people that came in islands. Um, so Barb Marley would have been 77 years old yesterday. That's crazy. Lived. Wow. I know. I know. not still around. You yeah. Know, that'd, be, that'd be pretty cool. Yep. Get so, but you kind of wonder, you ever wonder when musicians die early, they're elevated to this like status. And do you ever wonder that maybe had they lived, they wouldn't have been? You know what I mean? Nah. Um, but I mean, his music was so amazing that, you know, you can't help but think he would have been a legend no matter what. Yeah. How many uh, more kids would he have had? That's that's <laughs> a better question. Yeah. So 36, he, he obviously passed away at the age of 36 yeah, um, after losing his battle uh, with cancer. But he's left yeah. behind an amazing, you know, um, just library of music known as the King of Reggae. Um, it's just every everything amazing. You know, we've got uh, some original Barb Marley albums in in her home and stuff as well. So, quite an amazing situation. Then there were lots of that um, MP and Minister um, uh, Deputy Premier Chris Saunders also shares a birthday with Bob Marley. Um, my husband Marlon shares a birthday with Bob Marley. Ooh. Sarah Sue and Keeman Brack shares a birthday with Bob Marley. There's a lot of people who are celebra- celebrating birthdays yesterday. It's kind of funny. As I was looking at my timeline, I'm like, oh, this person has a birthday as well. Well, happy birthday, everybody. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. So there you go. Thanks for the headlines. We'll catch you tomorrow on the show. Thanks. Have a good one. Welcome back, Aaron. Thanks. All right. All right, folks. Um, There you have it. Some of the news headlines this morning. Give me one quick second because it's actually going to be a short show this morning. I'm going to tell you guys why that is. Um, But let's have a little bit of our intro song. You're now tuned in to the cold, hard truth. Cayman's number one hard-hitting live podcast show, where we feature some straightforward conversations on political, social, and celebrity news, and all things happening in the Cayman Islands and around the world. This show was created to give the people a voice and a means of being involved and informed without any filters. Sometimes it gets crazy, but we always keep it real. We bring you the tea piping hot so grab your favorite beverage and join the conversation via whatsapp at 324-1612 email tips at caymanmarlroad.com now here's your host sandy hill broadcasting live from the beautiful cayman islands all 
All right, folks. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? Good morning, Virtuous. Good morning, Marshall. Amelia is here. I hope you guys had a fantastic weekend. Uh, good morning to Larry, Siobhan. So good to see you. Yes, happy Monday, Irvelyn, Jackie. Um, Larry is happy to see Aaron and Blake back together again. Corrine, you're back. Yay. Corrine has been a little bit under the weather. So nice to see you. Uh, Diamond Princess is here. Luisa's got it locked. And um, yeah, the weather looks a little bit bleak today. So I think all of us are going to get a rainy, rainy day, um, which I don't mind rainy weather as long as I can stay inside. But today I'm going to have to go outside at some point. Uh, Emma, good morning. Uh, Emma says, I served her at the LA when she came to Cayman the first time. Very humble beauty. Wow. You know, I was actually looking at some of her photos because the... Um, the royal court, the um, castle. I think that's what we refer to this. They actually released Buckingham Palace, sorry, the castle. The palace, Buckingham Palace, uh, released some photos of her. And, um, you know, I must say that she was actually, a, she's a good looking woman and she's actually like really, um, quite frankly, aged well. She looks good for her age. Yeah. I was having a look at those. And I thought, oh, wow, she's actually really pretty. Um, so seven years is indeed a really, really long time to be in the same job. And, you know, I've read quite a bit about her. And they say that even her diet, like she's a very disciplined individual. So even her diet is like she pretty much eats the same thing almost every single day sort of thing. I'm thinking, oh, a bit boring, but hey. Good morning, Richard. Good morning, Emma. Uh, Rowena is here watching from the Philippines. Thank you so much. Wee Wee's got it locked. Olivia. Um, Irvlin says the live isn't working. Hmm. It's not? Why? Let me check Facebook. What's going on? Where are you trying to watch it? Live on Facebook, on YouTube, on... Um, well, I see 127 people online, a few on YouTube and Facebook, so I'm not sure. Good morning, Louie. Good morning to Pamela. Thank you guys so much. Um, hmm, seems to be working, Evelyn. Give me some finer details. Maybe just refresh. That tends to help a lot. Um, so listen, it's a short show this morning. I got to be out of here probably by about 8.15, unfortunately, uh, because um, it is what it is. So there's a couple of things that happened over the weekend that I do want to talk about. So some are going to spill over into tomorrow's show. Um, yes, I've got to take my daughter. She's, she's trying to get into schools for September. And can I tell you, when you're a parent and you hear them say, oh, the second you have the baby run from the hospital, like as soon as you come out the maternity ward, go straight from the hospital to register them at schools. As a matter of fact, register them while you're in the hospital on the computer. <laughs> to get on waiting lists, um, it really is no joke, folks. I mean, the waiting list is like tremendous out there um, for schools for private schools. Um, I'm guessing there's no waiting list for a government school, but yeah, for private schools, it is, uh, it's crazy. So um, we're on a couple lists and we're waiting to see. So 
uh, some of these schools actually require like pre-testing. The kids have to go in and test. And I'm thinking, what are they looking for her five-year-old? Like, I guess how much they can read and how high they can count and that sort of thing. But it makes you nervous to think that your little one is going to be like suggesting to test it. Like, what kind of testing are they doing? Because you don't get to go in the room. You know, they take the little one off and then they bring them back. Um, and then, you know, some five-year-olds, especially in a new environment, they're a little bit uncertain. They're like, mm, I don't know who you are. So they may not perform as well. There's all sorts of nervousness. I'm probably more nervous about it than the child, but uh, we have to do that this morning at nine o'clock. So I figure mm, with this weather, the way it is, I better be prepared to leave home at 8.15. Um, so she's at home with me this morning um, and then we're gonna get her ready and go to this appointment. And they're like, pack snacks. I'm thinking, how long is this test gonna be? <laughs> Anyway, I'll let you guys know how, how it goes. Um, she's already tested before to get put initially on the first waiting list. And I think they're going through now and looking at, at her options. So September's right around the corner, believe it or not, folks. Uh, we're already in the month of February and I'm getting a little bit anxious that we don't have a confirmation as yet for September. I wish I could do homeschooling if I had um, the time, not even the resources, because there's tons of wonderful resources online. And I kind of feel like I could homeschool probably up until elementary school. And then after that, the subjects get a little bit more challenging, um, even for me. But yeah, so we're going to we're going to be doing that with her this morning. Um, so, yes, uh, the weekend was good. It was my husband's birthday yesterday. So um, he uh, celebrated, we, we do the usual, just brunch with a few people that we really, really like, friends is what they're called. <laughs> and, um, you know, we did that and had a little bit of birthday cheesecake. He loves cheesecake. And so we had some cheesecake for his birthday cake. And then he went out with a few friends afterwards. And I think they just went and had a few drinks. And then Gianna and I went shopping. She wanted to, um, so we have a, reward chart for her and so every time she does something good she's excited about getting stars on her reward charts and then we save up those stars and um the stars don't really i don't have them equating to like a certain dollar amount i know when i used to be like in high school i was on a little bit of a reward system uh for my grades so for every a i got like so much money for every b i got so much money c's were not really acceptable so i was always aiming for a's and b's right so she's not quite there yet but she gets rewards for things like chores so she makes up her bed brushing her teeth twice a day she gets stars for that um and it's just something for her to look forward to i think a reward system is a really great way of um, instilling a routine in your kids, uh, instilling discipline in your children without having to constantly be yelling at them because you'd be surprised how excited they get. Like, oh my gosh, I want to earn another star. And then what we do is we convert her stars into her being able to go to the bookstore and pick out, um, she doesn't ever pick up books, I'm going to be honest with you. She always wants a toy. So we go to the bookstore and she can pick out a toy of her choice. Um, I picked out two books for her in addition to her toy. But uh, yeah, so we did that yesterday when her dad went out with some other friends to do their thing. And uh, she got an LOL cute little cube circle thing with like a bunch of the, I think it had, how many dolls is it? Now? It has a couple dolls inside and then all the different little parts for the LOL doll. So like little shoes, little outfit and whatever. And I think this one has changeable hair color. Anyway, so she's super excited about that. Good morning, Miss Joy. Good morning, Scott. 
Um, so I'm only doing her rewards once a month. So, you know, in the mind of a child now, that's a far, that's like a long ways off. So I'm like, yep, we're going to come back in a month's time and you got to earn all your rewards. And, you know, she's got to be nice to her schoolmates and she's got a whole list of things that we expect of her um, that she's super excited about. <clears throat> so over the weekend, um, the live stream, not playing videos and only comment where, okay. I don't know. I think, I think. I refreshing because uh, I'm actually seeing it so I'm not really sure it's weird so the big news over the weekend is um, the Cubans uh, I had a lot of Cubans messaging me about um, their loved ones and I don't know why they think CMR knows everything because we don't necessarily know everything but um, we uh, have been trying to find out from sources and we don't have any news to report yet and any Cubans having landed in the Cayman Islands. So they've been sending me these messages all in Spanish, of course. So I'm constantly having to like read and try to translate these messages. I must say that reading Spanish is a lot easier than speaking it. So a lot of times I know perfectly well what they're saying to me. Um, and so this guy has been messaging saying that basically it was 10 Cubans and um, they were headed to the Cayman Islands, I think. And he actually has sent photos of like his brother and other people. Uh, let me see if I can show you. Um, you'll have to see my WhatsApp screen for a second here. But he's been sending, there's more than one Cuban guy that reached out to us yesterday, but here, he said, this is his brother, um, este es mi hermano, uh, Luis Angel Morale Milanius, I think is how his last name is pronounced. And then, um, y esa es la mujer que está con ellos, and this is the woman that is with them, um, this lady here, I guess, on the side. And then he says, uh, esta es otro, otra, uh, de las que se fue con, con ellos. So this is another one that um, went with them. Um, so that's Adriana. These are very young Cubans, by the way. And then este es otro. So this is another one. Um, so, you know, he kept messaging me. I think he was using this translator thing to try to say to me in English, like what he wanted to say. So he'd be like, um, answer, please, if you know anything. They're getting very, very desperate because they've not heard from them. So, um, you know, he said these, uh, they left, 10 Cubans left um, for Cayman and um, they've not had you know, like basically any contact with them at all. So he was, he kept calling, as you can see, kept calling, calling, calling. And um, it looks like <clears throat> more are coming. So um, he makes mention of the 30th of uh, Enero, which is January. Um, so, and then he's like, Oye, respondan, which means Oye is like, listen, can you respond? Um, so yeah, so he says that it's, uh, 
basically 10 persons, 10 of them, three women, seven men. Um, so very, very sad situation. So he was messaging me. There was a few people messaging me actually from Cuba yesterday. I had about four people throughout the day. Um, their area code, I guess, is 5-3. So let me show you. Us 5-3. So yes. Um, oh, hold on. Here's another one. Yesterday as well. There's another one. Oh, that's the same one, I think. Then there was this one. Um, Hola, buenos dias. This is in the morning. Somos una familia cubana que necesitamos saber si en estos días. So they have a um, Cuban family that they need to know, um, you know, today, like what, if they've arrived in the Cayman Islands, they're getting desperate. Estamos uh, desesperados. So we're desperate. Um, their Spanish is pretty good in terms of like the proper writing. You know, a lot of people do, like sometimes people write in Spanish and if they're writing in slang, I can't really make it out. But uh, most of this, I kind of knew what he was saying because they were actually writing it pretty proper, properly. Um, so then at first he was saying son um, once cubanos. And then he revised it later and said, no, it was like 10 and not 11. And then there's another one who was messaging me as well saying that this uh, lady here, ella es una uh, de las que se fue. Sus padres están uh, destruidos y preocupados. So um, this girl is also, she's one of them, and her parents are destruidos, probably means desperate, uh, and preocupados is worried. Um, solo tiene... Uh, 18 años, so she's only 18 years old, which is sad. Por favor, sé que estoy molestando mucho, pero es que esta niña es muy que querida por todos aquí. So he said, please, um, I, I know I'm bothering you a lot, but this girl is very querida. I think that means that she's very loved or she's wanted by many people um, there. So her name is Lynette Nunez. So listen, they're getting younger and younger, um, which is quite sad really. But the situation in Cuba is getting desperate. So I did show him this article of the um, government having picked up, um, you know, some people in and uh, having picked up some people in Cuba yesterday, in Florida, off of the coast of Key West, and their vessel was actually sinking, by the way. And um, they were able to rescue them. And so he, uh, they're saying that that's not them. I was like, well, this is them. They've rescued them. And they said, no, that's not them. So I don't know. I don't know where they're at, folks. It's really quite sad. But apparently the Cuban government has repatriated immediately, which is crazy. I mean, how did they get them back to Cuba so quick? But they repatriated um, six of them immediately of the 10 that they rescued from this sinking vessel. And then four of them um, had to require... I guess they had to go to a medic because they required medical assistance. 
But yeah, I showed them that and they said, that's not the 10. Um, so there's more out there. Listen, they have been leaving at an astonishing number. We've, we've had 12 this year alone <clears throat> and quite a few last year, but I think we have almost 50 um, in custody at the moment waiting repatriation. So, you know, as the economic situation gets worse in Cuba, because of, of course, U.S. sanctions and now COVID-19 pandemic has hit, it has become increasingly difficult for Cubans to um, survive. And quite frankly, a lot of them made money off of the tourist industry. So people coming in from Europe and other places, um, you know, living in their, um, you know, they have like uh, paladeras, I think is what they call it, or is that the restaurant? I can't remember now, but you know, they have restaurants and homes that they use um, and set up for visitors to their country to come and enjoy. Um, the authentic parts of Cuba. And now that travel around the world has been significantly reduced, this is a real problem, um, quite frankly. And uh, it's just a sad situation. Like, I don't even know what to tell them. You know, they're getting desperate. More and more of them are trying to go to the U.S. The other day, the U.S. repatriated some 119 Cubans, which was the most in the past four years that they had repatriated at one time. And there was some 40 people um, that were on a vessel recently as well that ended up dying. Um, I think one person out of the 40 survived. Everybody else died. And a lot of those individuals were, were Cubans. And I understand that some might have actually been from Jamaica. Like there was some something in the Jamaican news that said that um, they have not yet confirm the identity of all of the 39 people that died, but they do seem to think that some Jamaicans might have been on the vessel as well. So people are leaving, trying to migrate from all over the place. A lot of times Haitians are on these vessels because they're trying to leave Haiti. You've got Cubans trying to leave. Um, you know, so sometimes I think, you know, here in the Caymans, we complain about everything, but, you know, we complain about all the high cost of living and all these things, which are valid complaints. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, these people have it so much worse than we do that they're willing to risk their lives and get on a, a vessel. And listen, most of these boats are not, I, I don't even know what they're thinking. Like, I guess they get whatever they can get. Right. But they are not, um, you know. They're not really seaworthy and uh, they get on these vessels and, you know, they end up putting their lives at risk. The one with the 40 people on it, that was a human trafficking situation, human smuggling. And that was a capsized off the coast of Florida en route from the Bahamas. And uh, only one of the 40 passengers aboard that survived. But, you know, people are trying to smuggle uh, from not just the Caribbean and Latin South America, but even Asia and Europe and all over the place are trying to get to what they see as the land of milk and honey. Um, you know, normally either Canada or the US or even the UK. And a lot of times they end up losing their lives um, as a result of, of that. So most fortunate, unfortunate situation. Good morning, Miss Sue, thank you so much. Uh, Louise said, good morning, according to what I saw in the news, they found close to the U.S. and the boat was capsized. Well, yeah, I shared that with them because we covered that story as well. And they have said that that's not them. So I don't really know. If that isn't them, I don't I don't know where they are. So Aliana, good morning. 
uh, Marshall says that's the chance some people take when they take to the sea. Um, good morning, madam. You okay? Okay. Little Missy's up. Uh, Mommy's going to have a short show so we can get on the road this morning, okay? Okay. Would you like some fresh fruit for breakfast? All right. Just sit right there. And I'm going to get you sorted up here shortly. We got some strawberries and apples and what else do we have? Cherries. We got a whole stock of stuff. All right. So, Marshall, yes, it's a chance that people are willing to take. Um, good looking honky says, hi, Peter North here, old adult film star. I feel really bad for those people. Peter North, never heard of you. Sorry. <laughs> I don't really know adult film stars, but okay. Um, Ms. Sue says, it's just really sad for Cuban people who are so desperate. All lot more young people trying to leave their country. Yes. A lot more people in general trying to leave, but I have noticed that more and more um, it is the younger generations, uh, younger folks trying to get an opportunity to get out of Cuba. Um, quite a sad situation, huh? My goodness, uh, breaks my heart really. Um, you know, regardless of what you think, migration happens and is triggered by a number of different things, including sometimes what governments are doing to their own people. You know, so I, I hear people in Cayman saying that they want to leave Cayman and they want to go elsewhere. And I'm like, where are you going to go? Everybody's running somewhere. Um, but I can tell you that it's it's not as bad as you guys think here. Like po poverty really is quite a relative term. Um, just this morning, my husband was listening to a podcast. I think we're going to probably maybe address it on Wednesday. And it was a um, business daily talking about the cost of living all over the world and why it is, um, why it is, listen to this snippet of it. Listen to this. Hello, I'm Tamsin Fort. Welcome to Business Daily from the BBC. If you're struggling with the rising cost of living, you're not alone. The anxiety is at very high level at the moment. Um, I really hope these uh, prices are just momentarily up and then things will go down because this is going to be unsustainable for the future. The cost of food, energy and services are going up all over the world. Why are the poorest feeling it the most? Different people experience different inflation rates, in particular when lower income groups have higher inflation rates, they increase speak of uh, inflation inequality. In today's Business Daily from the BBC, we take a look at the rising cost of living around the world, who it's affecting and why it's happening. So uh, listen, folks, this is not something that's unique to the Cayman Islands. I know a lot of us want to think that, and that's why we think that our governments can fix it. And I think that, you know, we have to continue to um, educate ourselves about how inflation works, what it even means, and how it impacts the entire world. Because listen, we don't live in a bubble. Like everybody thinks, oh, we're our own little island. Uh, no, we're not. <laughs> you know, we're a, little, we're a little island that is dependent on the rest of the world. And we don't really manufacture a whole lot of anything. We don't make anything really, except people. Um, and a few fruits and vegetables that can't even sustain the local population. If our overseas food supply was cut off, 
we would have no way to sustain ourselves. And so fuel prices are rising around the world. The cost of living and services, like everything has gone up. And so as a result of that, trust me when I tell you that we will all be um, impacted by that. So the cost, the rise in the cost of living. Uh, no, ma'am, that was finished last night. <laughs> Let me help you in just a second. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so... Um, yeah, so these are the things that impact all of us. I think maybe by Wednesday, we'll have a chance to talk about that. So like I said this morning, it's going to be a short show because I've got to get this little one ready to go to her testing. Um, and I've already heard the traffic out there is horrendous. Sometimes it, it pays to wait later to deal with traffic because then it tends to dissipate a little bit. But I kind of feel like this is one of those mornings where the traffic is going to be really bad for a while. So I'm going to go and get her ready and kind of head out. But Tomorrow's show, let's talk about um, court cases. So over the weekend, we reported on a lawyer who was refusing to pay her legal bill. Her name is Kadisha McLean. So I'm assuming she's married to McLean and that's who she ended up divorcing. And um, the responses to, to her story were very interesting um, because people seemed a little bit confused about why were we reporting this? So let's talk about that tomorrow. That may take up a good portion of the show because I actually want us to look at the judgment itself and talk about why that judgment is, it's, um, raining. it's raining, I know. And we're gonna talk about why that judgment is actually newsworthy. Um, and so I'll get into all the all the nooks and crannies of that tomorrow. And uh, then we'll do maybe a little recap of some of the weekend events tomorrow as well. So. Because of the rain and everything else, I'm going to um, go ahead and head out a little bit earlier, if I can, to get on the road. Um, and I'll let you guys know how her appointment goes today. Hopefully it all goes well. All right, folks. But thank you for tuning in. My apologies. It was a short, short show. Um, Emma says, trust me, Cubans are struggling to get food now. It's terrible. We'll soon be as bad as Venezuela. Wow. Heartbreaking. Don't know why we're not doing more with so many family connections there. Uh, they're not all like the ones that caused the scene at the government admin building. We have so much room for grateful, so much room to be grateful for here. Um, I agree, Emma, but when you say that we should be doing more, um, it does beg the question of um, who should be doing more. Are you saying the government should be doing more or family members should be doing more? Because there are a lot of people here who also are struggling, not at the, not at the level of people in Cuba, like they're not necessarily without food. Most people here are eating just fine. Um, but people are having their own struggles trying to pay mortgages and keep a head a roof over their head. You know, they're having issues trying to find apartments and this sort of thing. So I think unfortunately, whilst their struggle is nowhere near comparable to what the people in Cuba are having to face, um, a lot of people here are having difficult times and there's so much uncertainty around the world that you find that people simply do not want to um, overextend themselves, not knowing what tomorrow may hold. Like we just don't know what other variant is around the corner. Uh, I saw Australia is finally reopening for the first time after two years of being shut. They're gonna try reopening their borders. They haven't even reopened yet. So there's a lot of uncertainty, but you know, maybe we can continue this conversation a little bit more tomorrow, Emma, in terms of what more we can do. So James and Louis, Louis says it's actually pouring in town, uh, not a drop in West Bay. I always find that West Bay tends to be a lot drier um, than anywhere else. Um, so 
yeah, not surprised. Um, okay, all right, folks. So thank you for tuning in. Short, short show. Um, tune in tomorrow morning. And um, Sue says poverty and people struggling all over the UK as well. Maybe food is cheaper, but there's cost of living going up a lot with heating bills of all kinds. Yeah, the cost of living is going up everywhere, right? So although our cost of living here is high, even if it was lower in other places compared to us, for them and their salaries and taxation and other structures that they have in place, um, you know, it's, it's going up for them as well. And it's having a real impact on their lives. All right, folks, everybody, please have a pleasant day. It is raining out there. So I encourage you to drive cautiously and safely as possible. I actually had a dream that I got a ticket last night for making a, a U-turn by Cricket Square. That was a little bit too crazy. So I myself will be mindful because normally my dreams tend to be premonitions of something. So trust me, I'm going to be extra, extra careful in the roadways today. Um, and I encourage you all to do the same. So I'll see you guys tomorrow morning. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of The Cold Hard Truth. Make sure to check Facebook for showtimes and more information and the latest news at caymanmarlroad.com. Subscribe to our IG and Facebook pages to get the latest happenings.